0: Hey everyone, Kyle here. Thanks for hopping into episode two. So the question we wanted to answer on this episode is how to be successful at the gym. And we take kind of a high-level approach and talk about a handful of different elements. Uh, One of them being training environments, so where you train and who you train with, uh, some variations and cues we like, how to overcome bad workouts, and our experience as clients because although Nancy and I are both coaches, we both have our own coaches and so we talk about our own client experience. All right, so we kick off the pod talking a lot about our own training and some past powerlifting meets we've done earlier in the year. Uh, so a lot of the, the, the nuts and bolts of the conversation tend to happen a little bit later. So uh, powerlifting up front, um, info in the back, should be a great one. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, thanks for, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, and welcome to Since You Asked. With your hosts, Nancy Reichman and Kyle McKee. All right, so you cried during your squat set this week and you're 17 weeks out.
1: Oh yeah, yesterday. So my coach decided to give me like the most ridiculous program yesterday. I was literally there for an hour and 45 minutes and I had plans of doing like 20 minutes of cardio and I wanted to record content because I'm doing, I have an app starting next month, next week actually.
0: Hell yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm doing my session and I'm sending him videos of my squat. And mind you, I've worked with someone in the past Mm -hmm. and he's sending me voice notes and he's finding things like that I've never even noticed in my squat before that are like limiting factors to allow me to lift as much as like I'm capable of. So for example, Mm -hmm. I put on a weightlifting shoes again with the heels. I haven't worn those in months. My past coach told me not to wear them and I didn't really understand why, but he just told me no. So I put them Mm -hmm. back on and he said that a lot of my squat, like when I was coming up, I was in my heels and my bum was, so I was going up, but then my bum was shooting up and then back in, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said that I'm losing midfoot pressure and I'm putting it all into my heels and that's causing me to use my quads a lot more compared to, all muscle groups that are supposed to assist you in your squat. But then I kept trying to fix it and I kept recording and then it still was not working. And it's just so frustrating because I'm like, why can't Uh. I squat? Like I've competed twice. Like I should be Mm. able to squat. (laughs) So it was just having a moment. And then we went back down to 225 because it was going to be 245 for four reps, five sets. Yeah, Mm. RIP, I don't know. My ass is on fire today. <laughs>
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so he's like, drop it down to two twenty-five. And then we had an argument that I'm like, that's weak. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be still at two twenty-five. I'm gonna live and die with just two plates on this bar. But then he had a conversation about powerlifters are very negative to ourselves, and we have to speak more positively. And but yeah, just annoying and very frustrating because. I've spent like I started powerlifting I guess officially in September so it's annoying mm-hmm. to not be like still need to repattern my squat I mean I haven't even gone to my bench press that's today so oh <laughs> help me for, for <laughs> my bench press because he's already said it's not the best and I've gone way too many red lights at competitions for my bench
0: but oh really what'd you get red lighted for
1: A little bit of my bum lifting, I remember that, and then Mm -hmm. uh, failing. Uh, I didn't make it past. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the big one.
0: You get a lot of red lights for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, when it like doesn't move (laughs) because I couldn't pause. So as soon as I held it there, because my coach was—I don't want to talk poorly about someone, but they just continue to say like CPL—they're doing three-second pauses. But at the end of the day, you have to prepare for something like that like going into a powerlifting meet, you have to be capable to understand the commands. So every Mm. time... Actually, Stu commented on someone's post who competed at the same meet as me. Uh And the guy like tore CPL apart. And Stu tore him apart for talking about the league and was like, dude, that's the price you pay. You have to make sure you're in the gym doing what is required. Um, But yeah, every time I got down... And then mm-hmm. waited for the press command. I'd hit the sticking point and I wouldn't be able to lift. But when I was doing touch and goes, mm-hmm. like I was doing, and people were watching and saying, "Oh yeah, that's good, that's good," I was hitting like one seventy five. Mm. But I okay. can't. Like that's not what is required in meets. So, and then just everything too. Like my heel drive needs to be a little bit better. And then he always tells me like chest up to chest up to the bar as I press. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how today goes. Got benched today.
0: Incredible. So I got I got my first new program after my meet this yes. week. And it's been hilarious because I have a bunch of new movements that I either have never done before or I haven't done in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I have, like, totally fucked all of them up. <laughs> like, That's the best. Missed, missed huge, huge. Like, I had pin squats yesterday, pin safety squat, bar squats. Pin and safety. Okay. And uh, – <laughs> and I had totally because I've only done pin squats like one other time in my life and I was really bad at them too Uh and I like went down and I like touched the pins and I went right back up and I was like okay this like doesn't feel this doesn't feel like this is very good but like but sure I guess whatever and then I sent him to Stu and he was like like maybe pause at the pins Hmm. like you're supposed to and I was like oh got it yep sounds good (laughs) and that happened And that happened on Monday with squats. That happened on Tuesday with bench. It happened yesterday with like my deadlift workout. Uh, and then who knows what's going to happen today. I'm also benching today again. So
1: Oh, yeah. It's, so it's, like inc- <laughs> it, <yep. laughs> it's just like benching together. Yeah. It's just
0: incline, though. Like, I don't feel like I can I can mess that up too terribly. So, but In- you never know.
1: The barbell? Interesting. I've never done that. I always do dumbbells.
0: Yeah. We've we've done incline a couple of times and It's gone pretty well. It's kind of interesting because it sort of like forces me to like get my shoulders in a slightly different position Uh and like push through a different part of my chest. Since I'm slowly developing like a larger and larger arch, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like helpful to just train through a different like angle of my shoulder. Yeah. But my like active shoulder range of motion isn't very good. And so I probably shouldn't truly overhead press Mm -hmm. because like I end up like dumping forward. Yeah. And so my low back hurts if I do like standing overhead press, which back when I first started powerlifting, standing overhead press was on the program all the time. And I was like, man, my low back hurts. I don't feel like I should do this one. I don't feel like I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, But Kyle, it's on the board. You have to do it. And I was like, I don't yeah, I mean, I guess, but the board is just a whiteboard with something written on it. Like, I don't think this makes mm-hmm. very much sense. So, anyways, we found things that fit like my active range of motion in my shoulder. Yeah. So we'll see. Should be fun.
1: What is it? What's your program looking like now that you've just competed? And let's touch base on that comp or you let me know.
0: Oh yeah. 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 So basically right now, I mean, it's following the same pattern. I end up doing four days a week and I do Mm -hmm. like squat, bench, deadlift, and then bench accessor, like bench day number two. And usually it's like, I'll do squat and then a hinge variation. So like some sort of deadlifting and then uh, on the deadlift day on day three it's the inverse where it's all deadlift and then i'll do some sort of squat variation but yeah. right now everything okay. is a variation okay. because i just competed and Stu kind of went through and found like oh what are the areas that like where are the areas where you really struggled or you like got red lights so i went nine for nine so i made all my lifts
1: that's incredible it hit Good, job. it's amazing it's it felt so- it felt awesome thinking going into like meets but hitting nine out of nine i didn't even recognize how amazing that was for my first competition because it was Mm -hmm. my first one i was like oh yeah i think that's what you're you're supposed to lift it but yeah everybody
0: goes nine for nine right
1: yeah then my second me i got five out of nine (laughs) like oh Mm -hmm. okay but yeah good job this is amazing
0: thank you it's actually the first time i've gotten nine for nine so it it was super fun but so like the only like i got a couple of red lights and like one of them was on deadlift and it was cause like, I didn't get my shoulder like all the way back. Oh, so I got like a, but- I got a red light from a side judge, but whatever. That's fine. I got the other two ones were white. So that's what matters. And so, you know, like that for me anyways, that tends to come from the starting position of like, if I'm not, if I'm not like anchored in very well, like wedged in very well from the start, mm-hmm. like that, my right shoulder kind of slides forward and then it just stays there. Like I can't, you know, pull it back with 562 in my hands or whatever. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we've chosen for variations has been uh, movements that begin to specifically target those areas where I've been weak or deficient so far. Mm -hmm. And so all my deadlifting right now is from a deficit because you have to overly like you have to really dial your wedge in on a deficit because now my feet instead of already being whatever, six, three, six, four, I'm now six, five and a half which is like super annoying when you put an inch and a half deadlift under my deficit under my feet, but I have to work extra hard to get a really good wedge. Then make sure my shoulders, my upper back, my hips and my core are all braced and in the right spot. Mm -hmm. So that way, by the time I get all the way to the top, I'm still able to lock out and be fully locked out. And that was one thing on Monday. So on Monday I had heels elevated safety squat bar because I too go like crashing into my toes at the bottom of my Mm -hmm. squat yeah. And then I dump straight back into my heels on the way up. And that's yeah. where like I get stuck forward. So we have that same issue. And then my deadlift variation that day was a stiff leg deficit deadlift. And I was the cue I or the feedback I got was like, hey, you're not actually locking this out. So like take an extra half second to wedge all the way in. So that when you get to the top, you just are locked out. You don't have to think about it. So so that's kind of that's it so far. Is we're just trying to pick apart the different areas where I've struggled and mm-hmm. uh and just kind of nice. grind those out. So yeah.
1: That's the best thing about so yeah, going into meets too. Like when you throw yourself in there, it's like, okay, what can we learn from this? And then fix it moving mm-hmm. forward. But are you going to be competing right. again this year?
0: E- definitely again. I don't, we haven't picked another one. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of see like how the next, well, I'm, it's totally up to me. I'm going to kind of see how the next block goes and then kind of decide from there. It'd be fun to do one like in September or the early part of October. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't decided. I want to go somewhere cool and do it. And it'd be fun to do one like in Florida. Yeah. So because I have a lot of friends in Florida and Stu is in Florida and it was really fun having my coach at my meet because I just platform and lifted and then I walked off and like he would deal with my numbers and anything else. So I just had to go and lift and that was it. Yeah. He handled everything, which was really cool.
1: That's good. So I didn't get that experience. It was like, as soon as you get off, I'm like all adrenaline rush. And they're like, okay, what's your next one? I'm like,
0: I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you want? You're like, I not, I I I don't even know yet. It's Yes.
1: They're like shooting these (laughs) random kilogram numbers to me. I'm like, what is that?
0: Yeah. You're like, I want it in pounds preferably. Yeah. Um, But
1: the translation here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, having him there was super helpful for that. And then the big thing we're working on bench is just getting bigger arms because I yeah. have a big chest and a relatively like a decently large back, but I have these really small arms. <laughs> and so <laughs> like, like getting it, like I have to really accelerate it off my chest. Otherwise I'm going to get stuck. Just
1: take So trend.
0: we're doing, yeah. I mean, you know, that would be great. So we're doing a lot of close grip work to really focus on like chest and shoulders. And I just started, yes. Well, today I'm filling out my intake for nutrition coaching. Mm.
1: So I was thinking about getting one of those. I just don't know Mm -hmm. who I would want to work with. Because I have 17 weeks to cut roughly 12 pounds. And I'm already like, I know. And I just don't trust myself enough to just like I need the accountability, which is like probably like people who are listening, they can like agree too, is that Mm -hmm. you just need the accountability. But who are you Right, I mean, that's what
0: uh, Tim Walsh, the real vanilla gorilla.
1: He sounds so, very familiar. Tim. Yeah. You probably know him.
0: If I probably him
1: up, pulled him up.
0: He's uh, so I think he used to work he's also Canadian. And I think he used to work with a bunch of bodybuilders in the yeah. past and now he's kind of shifted to power lifters. And so Dan Kerwin, who's another Kodiak coach, has worked with him, fucking loves him.
1: Oh and I met him. I've
0: just heard a bunch of Yeah, no, nah, he's super cool. I've never actually like I mean I DM, I like I DM'd him on Instagram yesterday telling him I was like stoked. I like took my like intake photos this morning. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just so that's the other thing is I'm trying to fill out the weight class that I'm going into. So if I can do those two things, then I'll compete sooner because, yeah, I hit like a massive total PR this meet, which was super fun. I'm like, I don't really want to compete again until I can hit another massive total PR. (laughs) So I got to put on like eight or 10 pounds.
1: (laughs) I'll just I'll just take those because,
0: yeah, you have to cut. Are you are you trying to cut down like slowly but surely or you're just going to try and do like a massive water cut right beforehand
1: well, I'm probably gonna doing water cut but summer is coming. So, well summer's basically here So I already have like yeah. a motivator to like just decrease my weight a little bit But I would like mm-hmm. to be like 135 in august so roughly like seven pounds Which mm-hmm. is well five to seven depends how how I ate the day before, you know Yeah, either 140 or 142 and then that'd only be like four pounds if I do like a water cut. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's manageable. Oh, that's super easy then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I'm 135, though, I'm like a lean bean. So I'm not sure what I'd look like. Yeah. yeah. You'd
0: be jacked in your singlet and be huge.
1: Oh, yeah. But no, like, I'll eat sushi. So I don't know. I might be a little fluffy. <laughs> I weigh in and then I go eat everything that is humanly possible. And then I
0: compete. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's twenty four hour in WRPF.
1: Yeah, it's so that's amazing. super nice.
0: Yeah, that's what's up.
1: All you gotta. do yeah, is... Yeah,
0: I was like, did. right. I was like eating on my way to weigh ins this time because I wasn't. I'm like smack dab in the middle, and I'm not strong enough to where like cutting feels like it makes very much sense because yeah. I'd have to cut. Weighed in at like two thirty, and I would have had to cut down to two twenty. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> that's a yeah. lot of work.
1: So what? I'd weight rather
0: just be two thirty. Well, so I'm in the two hundred forty two weight class right now, or the one one ten KG. And so I'm just gonna stay there, but I'm gonna try and like hit the like train at a pretty lean like two forty 240 or two forty five or something like that. And then if I have to do like a small cut to get down, then that's fine. But yeah, I don't wanna have to do anything major. But that's why I like having hired a coach for it, because even though I am a coach and I've coached for kind of a long time, like nutrition is something that I don't know nearly as much about as i'd like to Mm -hmm. and then even on the programming side like this block was great i was talking to one of the other coaches at the gym yesterday and i was like it's so funny that i do this for a living and like people pay me to do this and i there's still so much that i don't know and it's kind of fun to have to walk into the gym be like wow i'm really excited about this program because i don't recognize very many of these movements and so like this was a big learning week for me where it was like there was no like, hey, you did a great job. It was like, hey, you need to fix like this, 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 and this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's literally uh, me working with this with Zoddle now too. I'm like, oh gosh, I didn't even see all of that. It's good. Like when I got the feedback with my back squat, I was like, I can help my clients understanding this now and translate that into my coaching. Totally. Yeah. And that's
0: something where I think it's, I liked, there was a little while where I was self-coaching. And I think it was fun and kind of important to do in like a small scale because it's like one way that I can prove as like a newer coach that what I think works is by proving it to myself. Like if I didn't have a ton of clients, my God, like, oh, I could just point to all these clients, like my different methods work with them. Like you can just prove that it works for you mm-hmm. just by doing it yourself. But I also it's easy to run out of runway that way. Like I think it's easy to to get like caught in this cycle of not making very much progress because with Stu, he gives me a whole block. He gives me four weeks at a time. So I know from the Sunday before my program starts, what my workout is going to be the fourth Friday from now. Like if you kind of like printed them out and like put them all together, like you would see this big arc of progression that happens over time. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're doing it yourself, it's really easy to, to, fall into the trap of like, Oh, man, like today didn't go well, I'm going to change everything. Like, what do I change now? And like, I have a client, he, (laughs) he basically asks me that all the time. He'll have like one sort of mediocre work. He's like, all right, what do we need to change? What do we need to add? And I was like, nothing, nothing. we need to change nothing. And we need to add nothing. Because you had one bad workout, you probably need to sleep more, probably didn't eat as much as you think you did. Uh, You know, maybe need a little more caffeine or maybe, maybe Mercury is in retrograde. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. You have bad workouts sometimes like it happens. It's not the end of the world. So that's where I think having a coach can be really valuable or having a program that you're sticking to like with a training partner, because mm-hmm. it just really forces you to like dial and be like, all right, I just have to keep staying really consistent. Cause I think, I think that was where me specifically as like a newer lifter, whatever, 10 years ago, 15 years ago,
1: I would just wow. walk into
0: the gym and do. Yeah. I've been working out now longer than I haven't been working out, which is like kind of a wild thing to think about.
1: But you still need bigger arms.
0: (laughs) I still need bigger arms, right? Well, because for the first like 10 years I worked out, I made like zero progress because I would just go into the gym and Mm -hmm. do whatever I felt like. And it was super inefficient. And I also didn't work that hard yeah, because I thought I was working really hard, but I didn't. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, yes, I've technically been going to the gym since I was like 15 and I'm 31 now but i've really been like training like actually really training since like maybe 2017 or 20 mm-hmm. 2018 so yeah i think i think finding a program you're going to stick to and learning how to actually work hard in the gym i think those two things are critical
1: oh yeah even for me like i i guess you could say i started in 2018 but I don't think mm-hmm. I really started until 2021. That's when like I hired a coach and started to do the same mm-hmm. shit over and over and over again. And that's when it actually became... And following a program. Like mm-hmm. Before, it was kind of... I walked in and I was like, okay, booty and legs again. Mm-hmm. But doing like 8 to 10 exercises and a lot of shit that I thought would work and it just didn't. And then the inconsistency because I didn't have a program. Be like, well, I got busy mm-hmm. today, so I'll go tomorrow. But then what do I want to do tomorrow? I walk in feeling this. And then I just mm-hmm. miss the next three days and go in and be like, okay, I'm going to do this today. Right. Compared to like having a program. And it's like, well, Nancy, if you miss day one and day two and it's already Thursday, you need to go four days in a row. Like you have to finish your week block because Monday mm-hmm. is a new week. Yep. Yeah. And that's when I saw the most progress. I wanted a booty so bad and legs. And mm-hmm. once I got a program and started lifting heavy shit, I don't even think about it anymore. My bum just grows. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cause it's all part, it's all part of the progress. It's all part of the process. Like it's just, it's just a natural extension of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And so that was one thing. So I've been working with my, one of my younger brothers recently, like we've been specifically working on his squat, but I've been, I've been kind of coaching him on the rest of his programming And he's like your typical gym bro. Like he would hit like incline dumbbell bench for like a zillion sets. He'd do a bunch of quad extensions and like arms. Basically, every time he went into the gym. And so his like chest is pretty big, and like his arms are pretty big, and the front of his legs are pretty big. But that's kind of all he's got going on.
1: And so really like bums
0: too. Like just like right. Well, the problem is he's had he's had a really steady girlfriend for a while, and she thinks he's great. So. I can't even, I can't even throw that at him. And She's really cool, but, but he's like, I want to squat 405. <laughs> yeah. Anybody listening. Uh, but he really wants to squat 405. And so I was like, and he was squatting like 225 at the time. And I was like, okay, so if you want to get to this number, like, these are the things you got to work on. Like we'll work on your squad together, but like, these are the other areas you have to emphasize. Um, and it's not chest and it's not arms and your quads are fine. So mm-hmm. that's what the other area we're having, like kind of giving him a program is was like he was so he had the element of already working really hard like he would go into the gym and like his eyes would roll into the back of his head and he would just grit his teeth and he would just work for an hour like he would get it was amazing to watch him work out because it was like totally unstructured it had zero flow and zero rhythm but this guy was working his ass off yeah. And once one thing I told him is I was like, don't don't ever lose that. Like that is the thing that most people don't learn. That's something that took me forever to learn is like if you're if you're committed to not having a program, like if you listen to this and you're like, no, nah, programs are stupid. I don't want one. Fuck it. It's like, fine. Go in and let your eyes roll in the back of your head and just like work like crazy.
1: Yeah, because that's
0: you complete can, failure.
1: I see a lot. Of right. Because
0: you too, And they're totally jacked. and they're super jacked. And so I think there's there's a lot to be said for like if you had to pick one, I would rather someone like worked crazy, crazy hard and like didn't follow a super detailed program mm-hmm. versus like, no, I'm going to follow a super detailed program, but I'm only going to give it like six or seven out of 10 effort because mm-hmm. the person who who gives like nine or 10 effort on a bad program, a bad program is going to see way more progress than someone who gives like marginal effort on the best program ever. Yeah. So. And then with Riley, with my brother, it was, it's been hilarious to watch his squat progress because he already knew how to work really hard. He just didn't know what direction. And so I just kind of put some, like some bumper, some guardrails up and just like sent him loose in this like much smaller enclosure. And he's like, I think we've been doing, we've been training for like maybe six months. And he went from like barely being able to squat 225 for three. And like yesterday we did 315 for five and he like still had some in the tank. And it's like, that's on like one in-person day of training a week. And so it's just like, because he already knows how to work super hard. Now we can easily move forward with a good program, but like really learning what, yeah. And I think Luke Tolick, I think too, has some good Instagram posts on like really how to push failure and how much, how little work you need to do to see a ton of progress if you push really hard. So I think like, I think those things are all really fascinating to to kind of balance in as we talk about like programming, but also like you also have to work super hard. You can't just follow a great program and not try.
1: I actually like I've had to teach my clients too, like the psychological uh, feeling of pushing to that limit because when I get a f- new mm-hmm. client, I know that they have more, but it's like a right. something in their brain that's like that's well, I'm sure like Killian has actually touched on that on like skill acquisition and stuff, but like a signal mm-hmm. in their brain that's sending off and it's like danger. Like I can't, I can't go any further. But I'm like, you're still, yeah. the weight is still moving. And even if I, this actually happened today with my client this morning, she's doing a dumbbell shoulder press. And all I had to do was put my hands on her elbows. And then she did mm-hmm. three more reps. Like you just need like, they just needed that safety net in like their brain to be like, okay, I can do more. I'm sure you've experienced with like with the barbell, if we have a spotter compared to not having a spotter. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like understanding where you can actually push yourself. And you probably have more in the tank always, unless you physically can't. You'll know when your muscles literally give out before your brain does.
0: (laughs) Totally. Well, and that's where I think taking videos is like so such a helpful tool, because I think it. this like measuring of effort, I think it's a much more interesting tool than like using a mirror because in the moment you're like, this is heavy, I'm out of breath. (laughs) Like you're kind of panicking and you're just like trying to get the work done and you're not able to think super objectively. But you know, once you're you put the weight down, you take a drink of water, you walk to your camera, you turn your phone like you know, you turn your phone camera off, you pull up the video and you start watching it. Like that's been another minute since you've started resting. And so now you can start to look at this video and get to the end and sometimes like i've gotten to the end of videos uh, and i'm like oh i had like five or six reps left in the tank and this was supposed to be like "Mm
1: -hmm." but deadlifts too and it feels so heavy
0: yeah oh man yeah you feel like yeah deadlifts and squats where you feel like you're getting squished by the bar and then you look at you're like oh that actually was like super super easy Mm -hmm. yeah so taking videos or just training on people who are a little more experienced Mm-hmm. So at one of the gyms by my house, there's like, there's the morning crew, Ray and Lauren are both there and they're incredible because they've both been lifting for a super long time and they're, they're both judges in the powerlifting world. Oh, cool. And so they've got a, they've got a very good gauge and Lauren's also like an Olympic, she also is Olympic lifting and is super fucking good at it too. And like coaches CrossFit, like these people are amazing
1: That's so. Cool.
0: and yeah, they're dope. And so they have a really good gauge of like watching you lift and going, Oh wow, that looked, you know. And kind of putting it on a scale for you. So if you if you didn't have a camera, if I wasn't recording or if I did record, I'm like, I don't really know. I'm like, Ray, what do you you think? Lauren, what do you think? And so being in a training environment where you have people that aren't just right. Now, the challenge is some people are just cheerleaders and they go, that looked so good. Good job. That was right, which is fine. And having cheerleaders, cheerleaders can be really helpful. At the same time, you also need the people who are a little more experienced, a little more advanced. Maybe they lift a little bit heavier. Maybe they're really strong. Who knows? Or really jacked to give you a little bit more of. I keep using words subjective and objective, but like
1: constructive feedback, yeah, type of thing.
0: yeah, right. From, from an outside set of eyes, because they don't know how you feel at all. Because they're not, I use this as a coach. Who so are like I'm not inside the body of my client. Like I have no idea what they're feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. I can only, I can only see what I saw, and. That helps provide a different level or a different a different, different piece of data for them to intake. Yeah. Like, how hard was this actually? Not how hard did it feel, but how hard, like, maybe was it more in a vacuum? Yeah,
1: yeah, and, like, giving, like, a 1 to 10 type of scale, too, I find is beneficial. Even asking yourself, too, using, like, the RP mm-hmm. metrics and stuff. I have, I had to learn how to, like, when I asked people was putting my ego to the side. I think that has been, like, the biggest learning lesson, especially, like, working with my coach now. Sometimes I don't even want to send mm-hmm. the video because I am i don't want to take the heat. Like, <laughs> I'm not prepared. But it's like if I didn't send all that stuff to my coach yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to improve my squat. So using your resources and also making sure that your ego is pushed to the side because you know it's going to be beneficial for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like coaches and training partners, I think, fit into this like fun category of We'll start with training partners first, I guess, where it's like training partners are your friends, but they're also meant to push you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's can be the mark of a really good training partner is someone who's like very encouraging, especially when you're new to the gym. Very encouraging, very supportive. Yeah, like you show up together, you leave together, but also gives you an opportunity to push yourself and creates an like you mentioned earlier, like powerlifters, people in strength sports tend to be really negative. And -hmm. so I think there's a difference between like, oh, like. Were you even trying versus like, oh, hey, I think you could go up a little bit. And yeah. like in my circles, because we've been around for a little bit longer, it's a, the question does get asked, like, did you actually try on that set? <laughs> but I think and so I think that that has its place, too. But I think finding people who you can be around who are going to encourage progress in a few different areas can be helpful. Actually, and then as, the as a very, good. especially in the beginning, especially in the beginning. And I think from the coaching standpoint. Like I have become friends with a lot of my clients over time, but I had three new intakes this week. I don't intend on being friends with any of them. Like we did not start, like they didn't pay for training and we didn't schedule time on the calendar so I could be their friend. Mm-hmm. Like they scheduled time on my calendar and I have scheduled time with them at the gym so that way we can work together towards a goal that they have. Yeah. Which means that I'm going to have to tell them things that they don't want to hear because my coach tells me things I don't want to hear.
1: Exactly, and
0: that's yeah. how... That's how, that's how it works. And that's putting yourself in an environment, I think, where it's, it's okay to be bad at stuff yes. is good.
1: That's another thing. I've like, heard. and <laughs> yeah, you're know, like putting myself well, in those prescript rooms. I'm like, huh, oh, I'm not, I'm not very smart right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like being in rooms of people who are bigger than you or stronger than you or more experienced than you, or smarter than you. Yeah. Like that's, that's where I'm always the most challenged to grow. So if I go to a gym where everybody's not as strong as me, like I, I, I don't even know where that gym would be. I yeah. guess I could go to like an elementary school gymnasium maybe, but like, <laughs> like you want to be in a space where people are better than you and, and like kind of lean into that. Cause there's so much to learn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've like, a lot of people are so intimidated with the gym too, like beginners, but that's where you're going to grow the most is like seeing yourself putting yourself in those environments and then looking at other people around you and then using that as a tool to be like inspired and a little bit motivated too, Mm -hmm. instead of being like intimidated, use it as fuel to become that better version of you. Like those people that are in the same environment.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's, that can be where gym selection, we were going to talk about like program design, but we'll do that later (laughs) where I think like this is, this is like how to be successful at the gym. And so I think, I think what gym you go to is way more important than people give, give credit for like a lot of people go, I'm just going to go to whatever gym is closest to my house, which is not a bad place to start because uh, proximity to the gym does tend to dictate whether you go or not. Mm -hmm. But if there's like, you know, two or three gyms close to your house like if you live in a big, like urban or suburban area, like going to visit the gyms, kind of getting the vibe of it and picking the place where you feel most comfortable is fantastic and even during your workouts, like just kind of, you can, you're able to watch the interactions of other gym members and go, okay, are people talking to each other? Like, are people yeah, struggling? Yeah. If people are struggling, are they able to ask for help? What is the staff like?
1: I think it's so, Is it, is it yeah,
0: weird? Yeah. Is it cool? It's, it's massive. And that's one area that I really like about rain city where I'm, where I get to do personal training out of is it's the gym is a huge community feel. Mm-hmm. And like, as a personal trainer, like independent there. So I'm not technically on staff. But people come up all the time asking just really regular questions. And so it's really fun to get to be a part of that community. And it's a place where people feel very safe. Like I've never been to a gym before. I have no idea how to do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And loved. they're able to go in. Yeah. It's so dope. And so I think it's worth it if like membership is a little more expensive or the drive is a little bit farther away. If you can yeah. afford it <laughs> and if you can afford the time, like go. So this is like, I mean, talk about your experience here, too. Like there's like a good life. And then there's Pure Muscle and Fitness literally. down the street from you. And no, Pure Muscle is I have to imagine more expensive and farther <laughs> so- away. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Like I I I live in like Binbrook and it's like a small comm- like small town outside of the big city Hamilton. And we have a gym literally I could walk. I could walk to that gym. But I choose to drive 30 to 35 minutes and pay $150 for a membership. This actually sounds a little crazy, but mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to Pure Muscle because I I get excited to go to Pure. I feel more, like, welcomed at Pure. I have my friends. That's another thing is, like, when you're a beginner, build a community in the gym. And, like, to mm-hmm. tap on, like, what you said about, like, going to a gym that you feel comfortable, find people that are like-minded because they will keep your wheels turning. If I didn't have like the girlfriends that I have at Pier, there's gonna there would be so many missed gym days for sure. Because I know if if you follow my socials, I'm really close to this girl, Summer. If Summer's at the gym, I'm going. I'm going <laughs> to go to the gym. So I wanna mm-hmm. see her. But yeah, like I went, there was a time period last summer where I decided to just go to good life for a month and I Mm -hmm. felt lonely and like isolated. I stopped filming myself because of like the environment. I didn't talk to nobody and going to the gym was like more like a hassle rather than an exciting point of my day. So I feel like do what's best for you and find somewhere that you feel the most comfortable and it is worth the 35 minute drive every day
0: it's, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And cause yeah, I think, I think that's one thing that CrossFit did really well for fitness was mm-hmm. create a community environment. And the same thing with like all the different classes that people like to take, like orange theory or bar or Pilates or yoga, like all of these things create a community element that your sort of regular gym just doesn't have because it's not a class. Like you have to just go kind of randomly. So I think Creating an environment where either you have people in person that you want to train with or like, I know that my wife just goes and like puts her headphones in and like trains really hard and goes home. But like she has a coach that she works with online. So she has motivation in other areas. So I think it's like finding those things for you. For me, it's also in person, like whether I go to the gym that's by my house and I see like 15 people there that I know and love to train with, whether it's at the morning or in the morning or at night or whether it's going to Rain City. And training there at any point in the day and seeing a bunch of people that I know that are super yeah. motivated to be around. Okay. I think it's, it's, it's so cool. And so I think that's yeah, where we're like going the best to the gym. And
1: I like, have too. like my, my yes. bones and like the people that keep me going like for sure. And yeah. cardio friends too. You need girlies or like, well, mm-hmm. probably men don't really do cardio as much, but like if I have cardio to do, <laughs> I'm like, I should. <laughs> I'm like Summer, do you have do you have to do cardio or like Paulina, my other mm-hmm. friend, like do you have to do cardio? Can I do it with you? Please. Yeah, <laughs> cuz I yeah. Yeah. We just all do
0: this myself. together. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's huge too. Is just finding finding the group to do things with because mm-hmm. the more that the more that you have a community to go with, I think that that makes things a lot easier. And <laughs> my buddy Alex <laughs> Alex Miller is the guy who like helped get me into powerlifting. And it was funny when I started training with him because Alex is Alex, is a big dude. He's been powerful for a long time. He's he's really strong. We would do like accessories
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, we dumbbell incline or whatever. And he would grab, you know, some weight and do it with. And I'd be like, oh, that's actually the weight that I was going to use. And I would do that, too. And this is when I was brand new at powerlifting and I could bench like 225 and Alex was benching like 360. Mm-hmm. And he watched me do those same dumbbells. He went, looks like I should go up, right? And I was like, you probably should double this weight. And so we'd walk up way up the rack and grab double that weight and do it and be like, oh, interesting. So this wasn't meant to call you out, Alex, but you'll never listen to this. So that's OK.
1: Summer and I do uh, us. Unless like, if I send it to you. We do the exact same thing where we're like competing with each mm-hmm. other. And she's mm-hmm. like three years older than me. So she has like a little bit higher training age. And we were doing like dumbbell incline press and I had 40s. I have a funny video mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do this. And she tries <laughs> and she only got like three reps and she got so mad because she's like, why are you uh-huh. younger than me? And you could do more, <laughs> but it's just like having that, like, that person that can also like push you a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Create some like healthy competition and just some excitement to try new things that you've never tried before. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I got her back squatting think- before too. And she she nice. never back squats and a plate on the bar but i was doing like 245 that day it's like let's go (laughs) amazing but yeah i think it's very important stuff that we touched on like being a beginner Mm -hmm. in the gym is like that's like a recap is like finding the gym space environment talking to people if you need a coach which i feel like every single person if you're in the gym just hire a coach you're already investing mm-hmm. enough by like focusing on your nutrition and like going to the gym. Just make the hard shit easier for yourself and just give it to someone mm-hmm. else hundred percent. And then also we tap on like building a community.
0: Yeah. Building a community, feeling comfortable, uh, feeling okay, being uncomfortable, like learning how to work hard in the gym. Mm-hmm. Cause if you've played sports growing up, it's, it's a, it's a very similar feeling, but it's not exactly the same. And mm-hmm. then if you, maybe didn't play sports or do a bunch of physical activity growing up, it's going to be this totally new sensation in your body. And so just being okay with feeling a little bit uncomfortable and like kind of exploring what that's like. And I think we'll probably do an episode also like on how to choose a coach that works for you. Yeah. Cause I think that's super think important because there's a bunch of incredible coaches and finding the coach that works for you at your current stage in fitness is going to be really important. Yeah. So we'll probably touch on that cause that's a big step for people. But yeah, so That's that.
1: Yeah, it was good. We like took like a bunch of different turns, but I think it's gonna be super beneficial Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah, Uh, I like it.
1: Yeah, and like yeah, this all these variables will help you build confidence too, and I feel like that's a big limiting factor for a lot of people when they first start the gym is the the confidence. But if you have a little community, and yeah, next episode we'll chat about yeah probably finding program coach all the things.
0: Yeah, we'll go back and actually do the programming one and then talk about coaching. So hit subscribe, stick around, hang out with us on social media. Things come up. So we set a lot of terms in the podcast that we haven't defined yet, like RPE and training age, things like that. So if you don't know what those are or you want to ask other questions, you can slide into the DMs on social or we do question boxes every once in a while. So you can find me at underscore Kyle McKee on Instagram.
1: Yep. And then you can find me at Nancy Reichman. And then also you can follow my TikTok, Nancy Reichman.
0: (laughs) And then we'll link the... (laughs) I need to get a TikTok too. I'm going to keep talking about that until I do it. Uh, Hopefully I get some positive peer pressure here.
1: Much better for editing, but keep going.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then follow the pod. We'll link all those below. We'll share those. Those will be in our bio also. Yes. And then...
1: Since you asked, pod.
0: Since you asked asked pod asked. that's on yes. instagram
1: yeah perfect yeah. all right thanks for listening to us chat for we made it to 46 minutes let's go yeah banging
0: easy thanks for sticking around the whole time also <laughs>
1: yeah. uh
0: you feel free to put this on one and a half times speed
1: <laughs> yeah but, <please> do. <laughs>
0: amazing we'll see you on the internet next time
1: oh yeah